And how many APs did you take in high school? Like how, how many did you submit? Or yeah. IEs if your school did that? Right, right. So my, this is actually an interesting question. So my high school definitely wasn't the best in terms of like academics. Um, so I think starting my sophomore year, I actually would like self-study like AP classes, like on the side, like my class wouldn't, or my school didn't offer like, for example, like AP macroeconomics or AP microeconomics. So I just self-studied it. But I think by the time of senior year rolled around, I had taken like 19 AP classes, like in all. And I think like half of them, like I had self-studied. Hey, college kids, welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? In today's episode, I'll be interviewing David. So David, could you please introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. I am David. I am a sophomore at MIT, majoring in political science, currently not in the Cambridge area, currently in D.C., uh, but super excited to be on today's podcast. Thank you very much. So let's start from the very beginning. So can you tell us about how college and just education in general was viewed in your family so was it important for your family like to you know do well in your studies go to a top college so how how did that work out in your family what was the dynamic there yeah so my i would say my family definitely had a really strong value for education uh i was actually born in mexico and then like came to the united states when i was four so still pretty young Mm -hmm. uh but my mom was uh, born in Mexico as well. And so I think just having that more immigrant perspective, I think education is always something that's really valued. It's seen as like a tool of like Mm -hmm. mobility. Um, On my dad's side, he grew up in the Houston, Oklahoma area, very like woodsy outdoors. And he valued very much sort of like what you would call street smarts and just connecting with people and more of those common interactions uh, so it's kind of like stuck in this place that really formal, like very or valued, very like formal education, like sitting down, reading books. And then all the also this mixture of like getting out in the world, meeting with people, mm-hmm. uh, getting like your hands dirty. Uh, and so I think that kind of really blended itself into an education that uh, you learn about something and then put it into practice right after learning it. Uh, and so that was really my my vision of education. And so you you obviously valued education, both like the experience part and actual learning, the accumulation of knowledge. Did your parents have the expectation that you would go to a top school? Like, did they pressure you in any way? Like, you know, try your best, right. you know, try to get into those schools. <laughs> no, I didn't have helicopter parents. Uh, luckily, they never really like, oh, it's like an, an Ivy League or like an MIT, Stanford sort of thing. I, I think they really wanted me to go any direction I wanted. So I feel like if I went to uh, community college, my like local regional state university, uh, I think they would have been fine with it either way. I I think both for myself as well, I really didn't have uh, a really big expectation of like where I would go after high school. Okay. And when did you start thinking about seriously thinking about college? And, you know, this can be any time like searching into colleges, thinking about what's interesting to you, maybe thinking about what you want to major in. When did you start all thinking about that and taking the process more seriously? Right. Um, so I think for me, like very vaguely at like an early age, I think I wanted to go to school up north. Uh, 
so I went, I grew up in Louisiana's public schools in uh, Southwest Louisiana. So huge heat and humidity were like very, one of my close friends. And so I wanted a little bit change of scenery. So I like really set my eyes on like a school up North. Uh, and so I honestly didn't seriously start thinking about like exact colleges until uh, the summer of like my junior year. So like going into senior year, mm-hmm. uh, I really didn't have a sh- very strong grasp of like where I stood as terms of like being a competitive applicant. Uh, I think I just, no matter like where I went, I just wanted to be someplace that would like challenge me. And then mm-hmm. I think someplace that also like really like stress, like being a part of a community and really helping others. And I think those were really my main considerations. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't until senior year that I really put some thought behind where I wanted to go. You wanted to move up north. Why would you want to go to the cold, the pure <laughs> cold? God, uh, I've never seen snow before moving up oh. there. So. Interesting. Okay. So you said that you valued like valued the community aspect of college. So were you able to tour any colleges and like see, you know, what you may be interested in? Like from a tour guide, you can you can basically get a feeling for the school, like what kind of community they have. Are they competitive or are they more chill? So did you go on any tours to get a kind of idea? Right. I actually never toured any colleges before sending in applications. Um I Looking back, I think that's probably something like I should have done uh, maybe give me a little bit more of a connection. Uh, but I think part of, I think I just took to kind of what I was familiar with, like what I had seen, like maybe a couple friends, uh, mm-hmm. oh, or like big name schools that I think you may be more familiar with. Uh, the schools I did end up like visiting were like after I was like admitted places uh, or during like scholarship visits. And like mm-hmm. I got like, they would like pay for my plane ticket and I could go and tour. Uh, but yeah, I actually never toured a single college before applying. Interesting. Okay. So let's start from, I guess we can say the very beginning of high school. So going into high school, how did you approach it? Was it very analytic, analytical for you? Or did you kind of just float around and see what you liked? Did you say like, I'm going to go find a club that I like, and then I'm going to try to build myself up to a leadership position? Or was it more that you happened upon getting such positions? Yeah, I think I, I wanted to start out like very, like work myself up. And so Mm -hmm. I think like ninth grade, yeah, ninth grade year, I just tried to get involved as as many extracurriculars as I could take on like whatever leadership uh, positions were offered. Uh, So like one like extracurricular in high school that was like very dear to me was uh, my beta club. It's like a community service organization. Uh, So I started out as a freshman representative and like throughout like my whole entire high school journey, like I would just like build up in terms of like the leadership. So uh, I had went like from uh, freshman representative to secretary in my sophomore year Mm -hmm. to vice president junior year and president senior year. Uh, But yeah, I think I just wanted to get involved, uh, dip my hands in a little bit of everything. So whether uh, quiz bowl, choir, band, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to try out everything and kind of see what, what fit me best. And coming into high school, did you know that, I mean, 
obviously it's not like a stated fact, but it's kind of pretty well now well known that top schools expect some sort of consistency in like leadership like positions, people who have shown that they created a club or was a president of a club or something. So did you know that would work to your advantage? Or did you like when the college application process really started, did you say like, oh wow, I did it right all along? Right. I think for me what what I understood of the college application process at the time was like pick a passion and like show it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I, I really enjoyed like getting, I lived in a town of like 20,000 people. So it was a very like tight knit community. You knew everyone. So kind of like the one talent I wanted to display was like my love of like service, community mm-hmm. service, getting to know people. Uh, and so I think like colleges like did recognize that and did value that. Uh, and so I did try to have the little creativity and like how I displayed that. Uh, so one really amazing opportunity for me came around my junior year uh, when one of like the local power plants, which are very predominant in Southwest Louisiana, offered like a $20,000 grant for a group of students at my high school, like to start any community service endeavor. Um, and you had a year to implement it. And so I worked alongside a group of four other students uh, and we set up like a free little food pantry, like around uh, Southwest Louisiana to help fight food insecurity. Uh, but yeah, I think really, I, I just wanted opportunities to really display like my love of like serving others. And so mm-hmm. things like that, the food pantries, which maybe is a little bit more uh, innovative and shows a little bit more of an entrepreneur spirit. And then mixing that in with like more well-established clubs and extracurricular, such as like the beta club. Oh, can you talk about that? I've never heard of that. So, so this like power plant donates money to you guys. And was it kind of like a competition to see who could create the most like innovative idea and implement it well? Like who could have the most impact? Right. Yeah. So it wasn't so much a competition. I would almost describe it a little bit more uh, like as a mentorship or like a professional development Um, And so you put in like an, I don't think actually a lot of people applied to it. I think it was just like everyone who applied, like the five of us who applied, like got accepted into be on a team. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah. And so they, we started out the year just brainstorming what are different issues like we could tackle. So we thought about maybe like a literacy program or like that's tackle like junk driving. But I think, after like meeting with different like community leaders, I think we saw like food insecurity was the biggest one. Um, and so, yeah, we did everything from like scheduling meter meetings with uh, mayor's office to like having like budget meetings of like, uh, like how to spend $20,000, which as a high school student is a lot, even today, <laughs> a lot, a yeah. lot. Um, even to things like accounting, like we had to work with our school's accounting office, uh, how to do like invoices, things like that. And honestly, I think that was like the best learning experience, like for college, like mm-hmm. having to like build a project up from scratch and like meeting with everyone. Uh, honestly, I think that was like exactly what college looks like. It's basically what I do now, like as a sophomore at MIT. Uh, so a really great experience and super grateful for it. That's amazing. Like, wow, this was junior year. You got this opportunity? Yeah. <laughs> so wow. right up, and it finished right as I began senior year. Yeah, can you tell us some of the things that you learned that were actually useful in college? Because a lot of people don't know what's useful to know in college, like the kind of habits that you should have and the skills. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. 
I think like most people to this question, they would stress like, oh, like you should know like math really well or have like these academic, give you more of an academic question. For me, I think interpersonal connections and relationships are like the most important thing like going into college. How well like you can articulate uh, mm-hmm. like your arguments to someone else, I, I think is really important. So whether that's uh, how you do like your emails, how you how you even talk to someone like at their grocery store as like they're bagging your groceries and like how you can interact with people. I think that that says a lot about like your character and like who you'll be like as a student. Um, like even now, like I think like any conversation you have, like, uh, well, if we were on campus is important. So like whether you're talking like to the president of MIT or someone, a dining call worker, I think like having the ability like to connect with them, I think is the most powerful tool. And I think anyone can do it. So Mm -hmm. uh, any high schooler can definitely build up like kind of their communication skills. Can you tell us more about the extracurriculars that you did in high school? Like, so you told us about this huge opportunity. I mean, yeah, $20,000 is a lot to a high schooler. (laughs) Yeah. So can you tell us more about what you did and like what you put on your application, like extracurriculars wise? Right. Uh, So another big area of mine was choir. I was in it for all four years. Um, So I think like some highlights there were probably I did a lot lot of like all state choirs, uh, but also did all like the student accounting. And so like I would take money, write the receipts for it, uh, which is a really great skill to have. Like bookkeeping is a really great skill. Uh, Another area which I kind of wanted to show a little bit more academic side was quiz bowl. And I think that's a really interesting setting in that you what have is to that? work. What is quiz bowl? Yeah. So it's an academic uh, sort of like competition uh, where like you're in a group of like four students and like you compete with other groups at different schools in the area. Um, and it's kind of like a trivia night almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it shows a lot of like how well you can work with students. Uh, so kind of like comparing that to my time as a college student, like uh, like at MIT, like you have to work with students like on homework problems. And so mm-hmm. I think like Woods Bowl is like a nice equivalent of that. Um, and then the last big extracurricular, I, I would say I put on my application uh, were social studies fairs. So I was like very interested like in the social sciences, particularly economics throughout high school. Um, and so like I, I would like pick a project every year. Um, and like submit it to the social studies fair. And I think it's just a really good way of kind of like showing a little bit of like your research strengths and Mm -hmm. how well you can present a topic. Okay. So let's go back to the, um, so choir first, first is choir. So can you tell us specifically like the kind of position that you had in choir? Cause you were committed all four years. So did you, what was like the specific position that you held? I don't know how choir works exactly, but was it like section leader or were you like kind of helping command the whole choir? Right. So mine, mine was a little bit more in the office. So uh, I would call it like being the treasurer. Uh, Mm. And then, yeah, we didn't really have any like established things like section leaders where you would get either like appointed or elected. Um, It was more of a seniority. Like you kind of look to like your juniors and seniors about um, how to do sight reading right or like how to get like the correct pitch or correct mm-hmm. tone. Uh, and, and so I think yeah I think that's kind of how I progressed there but my yeah my main thing was being like the treasurer again uh, so just like collecting dues from students 
um, keeping up with like Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then can you tell us, okay, so choir, what was the second one? And then there was social studies fair. Uh, so the second one was quiz bowl. So that's yeah, kind quiz- of academic. So that's interesting. Is that like a club, like a club that yeah. you have at school? Oh, okay. So it's not like uh, you guys have meetings and stuff. You guys kind of just like get together and go to competitions with other schools. Right. So we would have like practices like um, every week where we would kind of do like scrimmages of like different rounds. Um, so they would basically asking you like trivia questions. Um, and then how it works in terms of like competing, like uh, my school would actually host all the other surrounding schools. And so like after the school day finished, so once that uh, 310 bell rings, uh, we would all like head to our schools, like cafeteria, which was kind of like the central hub. Um, and then, yeah, we would just like go to different classrooms and like compete with the team. Uh, and yeah, whoever can basically answer the most like trivia question basically wins. Mm-hmm. Uh was it like an official sort of title that you held or was it more just like a fun thing between schools? You know how like, for example, with athletics, they have actual trophies they get and like some school has like the best track athletes or soccer athletes. So was it like that or just more fun amongst the schools? Oh, yeah, it was definitely competitive. Like there were definitely like trophies handed out. Uh, I think our team was usually always like a solid third, second place contender. I think we got like first place one time. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it kind of like worked, I think in like a bracket system, mm-hmm. uh, where like two teams would face off whoever won would face like, uh, the winner of like a different round. And like, you would just keep on going until, uh, you got like to the finals. Mm, wow. And this was all four years that you did in high school. Yeah. Well, interesting. Okay. So now you're a final like major extracurricular extracurriculars, the social studies fair, Tell us about that. So like, how did you come upon that? I've never heard of such a thing. I don't know. Maybe it's common in other schools, but can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So I was actually involved in social studies fair. Uh, I guess I should back up. So my parish in Louisiana definitely like values like social sciences. I think that's probably our strongest like academic subject. Uh, So basically what social studies fair is, it's an opportunity for a student or two students to explore a topic in depth. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you get like a trifold, type together a report, uh, and then present it at a fair. And so it's offered at the elementary, middle school, and high school division. I actually began social studies fair all the way in fourth grade. Wow. uh, And I kept up with it like every single year. Uh, so elementary, middle school, and then in ninth grade, I was like, okay, I definitely want to keep up with this. Uh, and that's a fun fact. It was actually offered as an alternative to like uh, taking like an AP final exam, like during the fall. So I was like very happy to do a social studies fair project. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to kind of like give a glimpse of like what it is, like my senior year, I did a uh I researched pink tax, which is basically like the extra extra price women have to pay for products that are similar to male products. Uh, so for example, like shaving cream that's like targeted towards women typically runs at a higher cost mm-hmm. than like any product, even though they may be exactly the same in terms of ingredients. Um, and so, yeah, I just like went around to a bunch of different like grocery stores and like my area uh, kind of like picked a couple of items and compared prices. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of typed 
type of report that really drew more of a research at a large scale of like um, how women are typically having to pay more for products than men, mm-hmm. despite like the products being the same. Uh, but yeah, just a really great opportunity like to delve into a topic in depth. But, and then was this also kind of like Quizbowl where you would get trophies or prizes at like a big fair? Right. Yeah. So you would have different levels of competition. So uh, you would compete at the school level and then the school was able to send like its top winners to the uh, like regional fair. So that's like a couple of different parishes. And then after regionals, it was like the big state fair. So like Mm -hmm. everyone in Louisiana, uh, I was like very fortunate enough. I think I got like first place at the state level, my ninth, 10th and senior year. And that's then, like, not my- fortunate. That's not luck or yeah. anything. Good job. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And then, yeah, junior year, I got a fourth place. So I'll just call that a fluke. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, a very, very exciting time. Very nerve wracking, but exciting. And that's amazing. You did it since fourth grade. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So we've talked about the extracurriculars portion of, of course, the college application process. And I usually ask this of people who go to like top schools, like, did you do any extracurriculars to just, you know, have on the application, but you seem to have really enjoyed like all of yours. That's, that's amazing. Wow. And okay. So let's move on to the grades portion. So coming into high school, you said that education was highly valued. Were you like a consistent straight A student, like 4.0? I was, I will admit that. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so 4.0 at the end of high school, that's what you submitted? Uh, yes, did submit like a 4.0 unweighted. And then I think my weighted GPA was like a 4.6. 4.6, okay. And how many APs did you take in high school? Like how, how many did you submit? Or yeah. IBs if your school did that? Right, right. So my, this is actually an interesting question. So my high school definitely wasn't the best in terms of like academics. Um, so I think starting my sophomore year, I actually would like self-study like AP classes, like on the side, like my class wouldn't, or my school didn't offer like, for example, like AP macroeconomics or AP microeconomics. So I just self-studied it. But I think by the time of senior year rolled around, I had taken like 19 AP classes, like in all, and I think like half of them, like I'd self-studied. 19? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. My high school, like people take like 15 and that's like, you know, pretty high. People say 19. Oh my yeah. God. I was just like really eager in a lot of subjects. Like again, like I, I didn't go to a school that like, there are like some schools that will literally offer like every single like AP class at college board <laughs> offers. That yeah, wasn't yeah. my school. Uh, and so like, yeah, there were like some subjects like I never got a chance to learn about like psychology, economics, mm-hmm. compared to government, like my school didn't offer that. But I was like, these are like really interesting things. And so yeah, I would just like self study them throughout the year. <laughs> oh, my God, can you explain this process of self studying? Like, how long did it take? How did you even do it? The AP test? Was it harder for you because you had to self study? You didn't have a teacher to teach you. So can you just explain that whole process? Right. Yeah. Um, so the way I, there's a couple of different ways I did it. So the easiest way I think is finding a course online. 
I'm a really big proponent of edX, which kind of has open online courses from colleges. Mm -hmm. uh, so for example, MIT offers a AP microeconomics class on edX. It's totally free, free enrollment to anyone. Uh, and then kind of, it would cover the same material as if like your school offered AP micro and you could take the class. And so that made it like very easy for me. Like I just had to create a calendar of like keeping myself on progress, like where I should be in terms of uh, December, how far along should I be? Uh, and February, how much should I have done? Uh, that's really the easiest format. The harder way to self-study was like, sometimes I couldn't find a class uh, uh, for a particular subject. So for example, like compared to government, I could not for the life of me, like find a really good like class. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what I did, I just like bought a textbook uh, I think it was like an, it's called like Ethan Wood, I want to say, but anyways, it's not important. So I bought a textbook and I would just literally go through this textbook and like mark the chapters, uh, be like March, I'm going to do chapters, uh, like seven and eight. And so like, I would just, yeah, read the textbook on my own, uh, and prepare for AP classes that way. And just, uh, yeah. So very, very interesting. So I know you don't have much to compare yourself to in terms of like the AP exam itself, but did did you take the AP exam for all of these classes? I did. And I think I, I did about as well as I did like for classes that I took, took an AP class for. Oh, interesting. And on average, what did you score on your AP test? I'm not going to make you go through all 19 and tell me yeah. each individual score. I think when I finished, I had like a 4.5 average. So I think pretty split between having fours, having fives. Uh, so yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So you self-studied, you took 19 APs. How, and those, that self-studying was on top of actual other schoolwork, like other classes as well. Right. Oh my God. How did you manage that? Yeah, honestly, it's a really interesting. Did yeah, you sleep? I, I, I did. I want to say, preface that. Like, I always did make sure to get my sleep. Um, I think just, I was very good at, like, creating schedules. Like, if you walked into my room, actually, uh, in this summer, like, I would spend my summers, like, picking what classes I want to take. I would, like, get my notebook out, and I would literally write down the chapter for, like, an entire course. I would write down the dates. And I would post these like notebook pages, like on my wall, like in my mm -hmm. room, like what I had to get done. And then I would also get like a poster board and write down like the scores that I wanted. So like in the summer before I even took the class or like with self-study, like I put down like AP compared to government, like I want a five in this class. And so like, I had that goal at me for the entire academic year. Um, but yeah, so like, Sure, there may be like an off week where like I don't have time to study, uh, but then I would just have to find pockets to find time. Uh, so, for example, like moving in between classes at high school, I would pull out my textbook, I would read. Uh, on the bus ride home, I would pull out the textbook and read. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes like if I was on a family vacation and like we were on a pretty three hour road trip, I would take out my textbook and read. So I think it's really just having a really strong like time management skill and like not letting like one bump in the road, like keep you down. Oh my God. Most high schoolers don't have such a skill. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely something 
I wouldn't say I was perfect when I started, definitely not perfect when I started. Uh, but I think it really helped me whenever I got into college and like now had a lot of independence, like in my classes, like I was mm-hmm. able like, uh, like to navigate like my classes and like know how to create a study schedule. What I'm really curious about is what gave you the motivation and drive to take 19 APs? Like most students who want to go to top schools and know they want to go to top schools and are aiming have to drag themselves to take like 12 APs, but 19 and self-studying, like where did that motivation come from to take so many classes plus the tests at the end? Right. I think I was honestly just a really mad student. Um, so I was like mad at my high school, like for not being the best. Uh, there's another local high school uh, that's kind of like our rival school. And for me, I really admired them because they just had like a plethora of like AP and dollar mm-hmm. classes. And I was like, and I had asked my counselor actually, like, can I get bussed over to the school and like take some of their classes? Um, and they told me no. And I was so furious at the time. Uh, and I was just like, I don't like, I don't want my education just to be like what my school has to offer. Like there has mm-hmm. to be like more to it. So like, honestly, like as I was taking these AP classes, like, yes, I, I did enjoy them like for the content itself, but like I saw myself as kind of like, Oh, Oh no, this education warrior where like, I'm like taking on the, like these big AP classes that like, uh, are like challenging, like for any student. But I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to show like my counselor, my principal, my school like that I can do this like on my own and like uh, that I can make it like with or without their support. And so honestly, I, and that's, I'm interested in education today actually like because of all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I just mainly saw it like as a way to like fight a really crappy school system. Damn, damn, damn. Wow. (laughs) Oh, okay. So I know you're obviously very good at time management. So can you take us through like a typical day in high school, let's say junior year, because junior year tends to be the hardest for people. I guess it's because people start taking a bunch of APs and thinking about college seriously. So can you take us through like an average day for you in your junior year? Right. So I think I would probably, when would I, I would probably wake up like 6 7 o'clock, which I think it's like fairly typical, like in my household, my mom is a teacher, so it was like pretty good timing there. Um, I would get ready. Sometimes like I would put on a podcast just to get ready. I would get to school like 730. School starts at 745. Um, and yeah, so my school was structured so that like you take seven classes like throughout the day. So mm-hmm. I think that's fairly typical. Uh, and so I won't go too much during the school day. But once like the school ends, I would usually stay at the school until four, four thirty for an extra cur- curricular. Um, so, for example, like quiz bowl, I know we talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. So that would stay like to four ten, um, and then I would like drive home, uh, drive home, and then yeah, I think I would usually would usually get a snack because I I'm a very hangry person where I have to eat or else studying does not go well. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, yeah, honestly, I think I would watch, like, TV for an hour, like, as I was eating. And then I would just, like, yeah, delve into, like, homework for basically the rest of the night until, like, midnight. Um, I would, like, take breaks in between, which I think is honestly very recommended. Um, and then, yeah, I think it was honestly just, like, preparing for the next day. I would, like, pick out my clothes, 
lay them out. Uh, and then, yeah, kind of just repeat it. Wow. Midnight. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like too much. I mean, my school starts around the same time as you, but I have to wake up way earlier than you. So midnight. Wow. Okay. Oh. I have never stayed up till midnight for anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think I'm ready for junior year. Okay. Anyway, so let's move on to standardized testing. So would you, what did you take? SAT or ACT? ACT. And was that just kind of like, I, that's what my school offers. I might as well just stick with it. Yeah. So ACT is like very, it's kind of the popular thing, like in my school. And I think like Louisiana. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what I focused on. And what were your views on the standardized testing, like ACT in specific? Did you think, oh, I'm going to study really hard for this or something like, you know, maybe I'll take like a month before the test to review some material and such. So how did you approach it? Did you think it was of any importance? Right. So kind of unlike my AP classes, I never studied for the ACT. I Don't tell me you got a 36 on your first try and never studied. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. Was not me. Uh, honestly, I this is my personal opinion, but ACT, SAT, like I'm very against, like I, I don't think it's a good measure. Uh, but for me, my philosophy was like if this test, like the ACT is truly trying to capture like what I should know, like as a high school student, like my classes should be like the one teaching that. So like, I should honestly just learn it through my English class, my math class. Like I'm not going to take extra time just to learn, learn, learn for a test. So that mm-hmm. I was very against that. Um, so I think I definitely took the ACT more, more than twice. I think, um, I think my first score was like a 24. I took it like as an eighth grader, I think at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, oops, uh, which I, I, but that was okay at the time. I mean, I like, I hadn't even started high school yet, uh, but I needed it, I think like for some application. So I did that. And then, yeah, I think I would take the test. Like I took it like the freshman year, sophomore year, and then like junior year. Mm-hmm. And then like junior year is like when I got like the score, like I was like, okay, I'm happy with this. Okay. Well, what was that score? If you don't mind sharing? Yeah. So it was a, a 34. So Bro, you didn't study and you got a 34? My God. <laughs> oh, we should all strive to be like you. Oh, my no. God. <laughs> okay, so so we've gone over like GPA, you know, classes, SAT, ACT. So let's start getting into actual college application stuff. So one is recommendation letters. Actually, no, no, no. Let's not even go to recommendation letters. So college application process is like on the horizon, you see it, you need to start it soon. Did you know what major you wanted? Did that influence like how you approached which schools that you wanted to apply to? So yeah, can you start us with that? Like, how did you pick the schools like that you wanted to go to? Yep. So at the time, I was very interested in economics. Mm -hmm. I think kind of things that led me to that decision was self-studying, like both the AP economic classes Social studies fair was like a really big one. So it's like, ooh, economics sounds cool. I can do that. So that's what helped me on my search. So like I literally Googled like top undergraduate colleges for economics. And of course, like I'm pretty sure you know what like came up, like Harvard, Princeton, mm-hmm. UChicago. Uh, and then on this list, I saw this school, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, 
So I definitely had that on my list. So I think my list was composed. I think I had like all the Ivies down, Stanford, U Chicago, Duke, MIT. And then I had like a couple schools um, more in the South. I think like University of Tulsa, Mm -hmm. uh, Tulane, which is in New Orleans. And then like one really liberal art school, Washington and Lee, uh, which is in Virginia. Uh, So really I was like all over the place in terms of like uh, big state schools, small liberal arts schools, tech schools, very elite schools, community colleges. Like I was all over interesting okay massachusetts because i mean you're political science right now right so mit is not because when i first like you know saw i was like oh he's probably like an engineer or something at mit okay so you have this list of schools how long was this list i think huge 18 yeah which i totally regretted like after like at the end of my senior year i was like this was totally dumb david did you do um, Common App? I did do Common App. And then like some colleges I had to do, like MIT has its own application. Oh, yeah. One of my r- local regional state university had their own application. But okay. Common App, yeah, was the big one. Okay, so let's go to recommendation letters and then we'll go on to the actual like essay portion. So recommendation letters, who did you get them from? Did you think they were of any importance? How did you approach it? Yeah, I think letters of recommendations, I definitely saw as important. Uh, just because I saw, like, here's someone, like, who can testify uh, about, like, what I have available. They know me, like, very well. Uh, so the two people I asked, like, for my letters of recommendations were, the first one was my AP English teacher, who actually also served as my beta club sponsor. So I, mm-hmm. I've known this person like for four years, had a really good relationship. I was like, this person would be excellent for a letter recommendation. And she was. Uh, and the second person I got was my math teacher who I'd taken for a dual enrollment, like pre-calc class my junior year. And then I took her for a AP like calc class senior year. Um, so like she knew me pretty well. She knew me more than one year. Uh, and I was also wanted to have those two teachers because I wanted someone who could testify more to like the humanities, art, social science perspective. And then someone who could talk a little bit more about like my technical STEM, uh, mm-hmm. STEM skill. Uh, and so that's how I pick like the two people to get letters or recs from. Okay. So done with recommendation letters. Oh, what about your guidance counselor? Did you get one from her? I did. I did. Okay. Did you have like a close relationship with her? I did. I felt like I was always nagging her throughout like high school. I was like, Hey, like I want to take like this class. Uh, I was like a very picky student, honestly, I feel like, uh, but yeah, Yeah. she wrote me a good letter of rec. Her, my mom actually had like taught one of her kids so that Mm. she like knew me well. She knew my family well. Um, and so I was happy with that. Oh, you know, maybe I'm going to turn out like you and get into MIT. I also nag my counselor, you know, go for it. Go for it. I'm in the office and like 40 minutes passed. I'm like, Whoa. And we've only discussed (laughs) like two classes I want to do. So interesting there. Okay. So let's move on to application essays, a common app essay, the really, really big one. 
Can you take us through the process of writing that one? Because that's the big, massive one every school gets. It has to be something, you know. So can you tell us the process of writing that, how you came to the what you wanted to write about, the topic, and just the process? How long did it take you to write? Was it a month, months, weeks, or was it like a last-minute thing? Right. So I wrote about education. That's like kind of my my big essay. Um, really, I just like kind of delved. I think like in this podcast, like you kind of heard like my high school definitely wasn't the best. I had to like do things on my own, like to really get the education that I, I kind of saw fit for myself. And so I, I talked about like how how hard it is, like the education system, like in Louisiana. I think it's like ranked 48th in terms of education. Among um, the states? Yeah, in the entire United States. Like it's in like in the bottom five for sure. I think like recently it was like 48th. Uh, wow. So like a pretty abysmal state. Another area I like talked about in that same essay was kind of being uh, being like an under a minority student. So I'm from a Hispanic background, um, and I think how I framed it was uh, like growing up, like in elementary school, I was actually like in speech classes. I had a speech impediment um, because like I was trying. I just moved from Mexico, so I was used to Spanish. And then I moved to this place that suddenly speaks a different language, which we know is English. And so I was in speech classes until like third grade. And I was like always made of fun of, like always looked down upon. Um, like I would get pulled out of art class to go do like speech therapy. And, like people never really took me seriously. Like they didn't think I would really get anywhere. Um, uh, jokes on them. Yeah, honestly. And I think everything for, for me changed like in second grade when I won this award for uh, uh, for getting like the most AR points. So essentially like reading the most books. And I think that I said like that is like my, the accomplishment like I'm most proud of that second grade award. And so I just talked about like how if I can do it like as an elementary kid, like who immigrated from like an entire different country and like took speech classes if I can like overcome struggles, like as a high school student, like going to a crappy high school, then like I am dang well prepared for a college that like, uh, like you run into like your typical problems. Cause like problems, I am used to problems. Like I love to problem solve. Uh, and so I just talked about like how I want to make the world like a better place by really like using my college experience, like to go into education and really like transform schools mm-hmm. and like how we learn, uh, and so that's that's what my common app essay was about. Very very nice topic. And did you? <laughs> I don't know. Did you like give it to your guidance counselor, maybe your mom, because she's a teacher? I'm sure she's like I guess read some essays before. Did you constantly like revise it and make sure it was perfect and everything? May I guess what they like to say about common app? Make sure like every sentence is like cannot be taken out of the essay. Like make sure everything is good. So did you really like? scrutinize your essay and like revise it or were you like confident in your writing abilities um i think one so i didn't get anyone to revise it but i I think why i honestly didn't want anyone to read it at the time like i was like this is like a very personal and like powerful story to me it's kind of like the story of like uh david like from from birth from like yeah cradle to classroom and kind of describes that experience Another reason, I think you had asked this also in your other question. Uh, I did everything last minute, like for my applications. I think I did most of my applications during like winter break. Uh, I know like some schools, like I like submitted 
did the application like the day of and like submitted. And my oh. team was actually one of those schools uh, where like I just, <laughs> I started the application and I will say like, it wasn't perfect. I actually downloaded my MIT essay or application after I submitted it. And like, I saw so many like simple mistakes, like a spelling mistake, a comma mistake. And I was like, oh, there, there goes my chances. <laughs> but yeah, I think there were also some supplements uh, that I think also I used like to definitely like kind of add some uniqueness. Uh, so I was like very happy for the supplement questions I got. MIT is a techie school. They don't care about your grammar, your yeah. English. <laughs> okay. And what, what were those supplementals about? Because you, I mean, each school has different supplementals, but they tend to be kind of the same, you know, relatively the same subject. So how did you tackle those? I know they were last minute, but like, did you right. write like personal or was it more generic? How did you, how did you approach those? Uh, so one of my, I know I wrote this for MIT and I, several of my other schools I applied through Common App. Uh, so one of my activities as a high schooler, and I actually had started it, like I also think in fourth grade, was I was an extreme couponer. So like I was this person like who would go out to the grocery store, like get a basket worth like for very cheap. I think my best deal was like at Kroger. I bought like $800 worth of stuff and it only paid like $10, like after coupons. Like I was very good. Like I had like a three inch binder full of coupons and actually taught like couponing classes, like to the community. And it was like really interesting. Cause like here, here are like these like 40 year old, like uh, usually it was like women, like I would attract to my classes, like 40 year old women who's like, oh, like who's teaching this class? And my mom would be like, oh, here's like my middle school kid. Like who's gonna <laughs> teach that? And like literally, like their eyes were like, oh my gosh, like are you serious, lady? Uh and I was and like at the end of it, like we would like they would come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, like tell me like what what deal should I do right now? Uh but yeah, it was like honestly so crazy. Uh, like I know like one time I made my dad like drive me to all the Dollar Generals, like in Southwest Louisiana, to buy like some shampoo because I literally made like 50 cents. Like I would get paid 50 cents for like every shampoo I bought. Uh and that I think I ended up buying like $300 worth of like shampoo, like at that day. But all that is to say couponing really enabled me to, again, that community service angle that I wanted. Uh, I had taught classes. A lot of the things that I bought, like I donated uh, to my church's like food pantry mm -hmm. and also like, the food pantries I helped establish uh, with that grant that we talked about earlier. But for me, like at an early age, it was really great for math. I mean, like I calculated taxes, I would calculate having to add up different things. It was also good in terms of like communication. Sometimes like you feel awkward I remember like one time I bought like two carts of like feminine, feminine hygiene products because they were like totally free. But like, here's like this like teenage boy in Walmart. And so I was like, oh, that seems a little awkward. Uh, but I think it really helped like build my confidence. Uh, and I think it's just like a really quirky thing that like you wouldn't read on a college application. And so it's like, they have to know this about me. No, I've never heard. Have you heard of that show, like Extreme Couponers? That's I watched all of that. <laughs> that's exactly the kind of deals you should be on that. $800 worth of stuff to $10. I know. Uh, that, oh that's my probably God. my biggest life regret is like not calling the TLC producers and getting on the show. So, yes. Oh, <laughs> my God. 
dude <laughs> wow three hundred dollars for t- oh my god that's amazing yeah that's i mean if i read that i would totally accept you i don't know about the other people but like i would accept I such an extreme coupon right there they would be like come on and who knows i mean you could always bribe them with a couple coupons you never know but- i'll teach you a class you will give me admission yeah yeah i think it's a fair trade <laughs> fair trade wow that's oh my god whoa okay so actually you brought up kind of brought up something that i want to talk about so when you were thinking about colleges and stuff was money an issue for you like were you concerned about the big price tag of mit harvard all the ivy leagues right well considering i am not the the child of a millionaire billionaire like i i knew that like money was a big thing i honestly it was like my biggest consideration uh going into the process but also like making my final decision so i really tried to focus on schools that either like had really great like uh need-based aid so like a lot of like your ivy league colleges which are super great Mm -hmm. uh low-income students and then i also targeted schools that had really great merit scholarships um so the best example there would be like washington and lake which was like a school where I did like win their merit scholarship and like it paid like for everything, like tuition, housing. Um, I think you got like a $7,000 stipend like for summer. Um, But yeah, I think cost was like my biggest thing. And ultimately it's kind of what made me pick MIT over some like Mm. other schools that, yeah, some other schools I got accepted into, like I wasn't super thorough about like the package. So yeah. Okay. And can you tell us, so you've, completed your application, the process, and you've submitted. Can you tell us which schools accepted, waitlisted, and rejected you? Right. Um, I'm trying to think. So you, I think my first college was University of Chicago. I think that one came out. I applied early action there. I got deferred. I was crushed. At the time, I was like, if I get in, I'm going care. Um, I ended up getting admitted under regular, which for me, I was like super like excited, but also like freaked out about because like I was like the one like who was on the Reddit and like the U Chicago pages. And like I had actually heard like a quote from the dean, like from the previous year's like application cycle that only like half a percent of people get accepted if they're deferred. And so like I had just scratched U Chicago off my list. So I was like super excited that I got in. Um, other schools that I got into were, um, UPenn, Dartmouth, um, Washington and Lee, Tulane, um, LSU, who else? Duke, I got, actually got in with like a likely letter. Um, what's that? that? A likely letter. Yeah. So it's a letter they send to applicants who supposedly are like really stellar and like exceptional and so they'll actually like send you an email or a physical letter letting you know that you're accepted before they even release decisions uh so basically it sounds something like hey david expect to hear like a favorable like admissions decision uh whenever regular on like march 28th and i think i heard from duke like march uh Eighth, so like a full 20 days before I was supposed to learn my decision. Is this uh, for like exceptional, exceptionally good students? Yeah, it's kind of la, la creme de la creme, like top at the top. Uh, so I know like a lot of, I think Columbia does it, Harvard, Stanford, 
doesn't Duke was the only one I got a likely letter from. Uh, to get well, a likely letter from anyone is good, yeah, you know. Psych. Uh, and then who else? Oh, I actually got one from Rice, which I was also accepted at. Uh, so Rice and Duke were the ones I got likely letters. Did you so get rejected like, from Harvard? I actually got waitlisted and then rejected. Uh-huh. Uh, who else? I got waitlisted at Columbia. And then I just like pulled my app. Like I didn't want to be on the waitlist. I was like, New York's not for me. The interesting one in the mix was honestly Princeton because I got waitlisted. I had a terrible like interview with my alumni uh, person who honestly like said some things that were a little racist, like I will say. And I was like, oh, this school's like not for me. Uh, so like I scratched that one off my list. Definitely like I don't have anything against like Princeton or anyone who goes there, but I was just like, this isn't a good interaction. And then places I were flat out rejected, I think were Brown and Brown, Yale and Stanford, I think were the three. Mm. Oh my God. What about Dartmouth? Did you get waitlisted? I I got into Dartmouth. Yeah. Bro, that's such a good acceptance rate overall. <laughs> I I was very scared. Like I didn't know what to expect. Like I had read like class profiles. So a lot of colleges like publish statistics. And I was like, I think I kind of fit into this category. Um, but again, like I went to a school that like I think the best college we sent someone to was like Rice, uh, which is like in Houston. And I think that was like three years before like my graduation year. I don't think my school's like any ever sent anyone like to an IV. You've set a standard. I was like, oops. Um, but yeah, it was just really exciting for I didn't know what to expect. And so I was definitely like happy with how things turned out. And can you give your like honest like thought on this? Of the schools that you were getting into, you were obviously your top priority, which is for most people, was money. But if money had not been an issue, would you have chosen MIT still? Or would you have chosen another college? Hmm. I I think I probably honestly would have picked UPenn mm-hmm. because I think it had a little bit more of a name. Uh, definitely seemed like more of a social scene. And I think it was like really got. I think I applied as like a philosophy, politics, like economics, or I don't know the official name of the major, but as that major. Um, But honestly, and that's just like assuming that I had the knowledge I did as a senior. But honestly, if I had the knowledge right now, I think I would have still like picked MIT, like if cost wasn't an object, which I think is a really strong statement to say, like being someone like who doesn't want to major in engineering or science. Hmm. Uh, but honestly, I think MIT is like a really great for, fit for me more than like UPenn, Dartmouth, U Chicago, which I think most people would associate with like social science or humanities majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm happy with where, where I ended up. That's great. Okay. Can you tell us like when you opened that MIT letter, how did you react? Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, so I was at our public library. I was actually tutoring someone. I do like math tutoring. Of course, you would expect that from an MIT person. Uh, but I knew decisions were going to be released like do- during this tutoring session. So I was honestly just waiting like for the hour clock to arrive so I could like get out of there and like open my decision. So I walk over to like my 2006 Nissan Sentra 
uh, in this parking lot where like everyone can see me. I pull out my bulky like HP laptop. I log in like to MIT decisions. And I was like, okay, David, like this is the moment. Don't uh, scream. <laughs> yeah. So I log in and I read like the first sentence and it's like, congratulations. Like David, we are like very excited like to welcome you. And I was like, refresh. <laughs> I was like, this can't be. I was like, what the heck? And so I called, I was like, I, I literally screamed. I literally, I was like in tears. The first person I called was my AP English teacher uh, who had written like my letter of recommendation. I think like she was grocery shopping, but like she was so shocked to get a call from me. She was like, are you okay? I was like, I just got into MIT. And like, we both freaked out. Then I like zip over to my house, which is like a five minute drive. And during that drive, like I call up like my great grandma and I call her and she's like, David, what, what's that MIT? And I was like, oh my gosh, grandma, like it's a college. Uh, and so she, she was excited. And then finally I told like my dad and sister who were like working in my backyard and like, they were like super ecstatic. They were like, oh my gosh, like great job. Uh, and I was like, I was honestly a little disappointed. Like I didn't see more enthusiasm from them. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's me opening up my MIT decision. Oh my God. That's amazing. And was this the same for like all your other decisions? Like just pure, like crying and screaming? Honestly, my other decisions were a little like underwhelming. Like my U Chicago, like whenever I got accepted, I honestly like rolled my eyes. I'm like, okay, now you accept me. (laughs) I was like a little salty. Um, but yeah, I think MIT like was the best reaction for me. I remember going into school the next day and like telling the first person I went to, I think was my math teacher who, who always gets there early in the morning. And I show her, she literally like walks around her desk, gives me a hug and like starts like crying. And then like on her board, like she puts like, congratulations, dash, David is going to MIT, exclamation, exclamation. And she, she leaves it there like for the rest of the week, like at the very front of the classroom. I was like, oh my gosh, it was Gilado. Uh, and then who else? I told my counselor who was so like, she was shocked, I, honestly. And she called like everyone, like the other counselors in the office. She's like, guys, like come in here. And I think they thought like something was wrong. <laughs> like they were running. Uh, but like everyone in that office was just like so excited. They're like, oh my gosh. And like everyone just like gave me a hug. Uh, and you're yeah. like, because the highest, like the most like prestigious one so far was Rice. So for you to get in MIT and then just a bunch of others, were you like set the new standard for everyone, right? Yeah, I think everyone was just excited. I still, despite like my school's flaws, I love my school and I think my school loved me. Um, I think they were just, it's kind of a very community Vibe. like if one person like gets an accomplishment like everyone's excited for you and now it was like I'm the one getting the accomplishment like everyone looks so excited for me um and so yeah I think just like I remember so many people just like celebrating like teachers uh mm-hmm. and I just like I I felt it was a really good day that's so sweet that's so cute that's it for part one of my interview with David make sure to subscribe so you know when part two comes out Also, make sure to check out my blog, acollegekid.com, for college-related content on there. But other than that, I hope to see you in the next one.